gentlemen, if you don't want me, I'm going to just back out the way. But I'm not second, second place. I'm first. Listen, the, the issue is not with us having these things or doing these things. It's that we put them before God. It's an issue. You better get your, you better get slayed. Y'all better go in there and nail it up. And do, y'all better 1030. Y'all know the lights go at 1025. And y'all better, I get up at 1015. I don't want to hear that worship team sing no way. Am I, I mean, am I making stuff up? Who, who, who going to be honest and say they didn't done that before? They're like, I ain't going. I'm, I'm, I don't need worship. I'm going to just preach. I just need the word. We put everything before God. And what we don't realize, that sleep that you're enjoying so much, what if he decided not to let you out of it? Let me not go there. Let me not go there. I got to set the record straight. Because before we get in this, look at this. Genesis chapter 4. God requires first. He demands first. The standard is first. And the standard don't change because you don't feel like it. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife. Eve and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help I produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When, she, when they grew up, Abel became crops as a gift to the Lord. Angry and he looked dejected. The st- stayed at home and chilled. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't care what he offered me. He didn't offer me the standard. He did offer something. When it was harvest time, Cain presented some of the, he did give some money. He did. I'm looking dejected because he did, he rejected Cain and his gift. And it's because it was given, it was the best portion of the firstborn. He demands to be first. He wants the good stuff. Watch this, watch this. The Lord, uh, verse 6, why, you are so, why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be his master. And if y'all ever pay attention, every time y'all trying to do something right, every time you're trying to do right by your wife, here comes something. The sin is always crouching, trying to catch it. Like, All right, hold up. Get her. Okay, now nah, she's praying right now. I can't get to her right now. Oh, thanks. She's worshiping. All right, wait till in the morning. Oh, yeah, there you go. He in the shower too long. She's about to be late. Let me get in and tell her how he don't care about her feelings. He's crouching, waiting. Oh, t- here's what he does. He's smart. He's a mastermind. He's crouching, waiting. He says, you must subdue it, though. And some of us, when them thoughts come to our mind, we got to grab them. Like, that ain't even true. They late, too. <laughs> It ain't got nothing to do with me. We got to grab them thoughts. Watch this. One day Cain suge- uh, suggested to his brother, let's go out to the field. It's premeditated murder. And while they were right in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Instead of Cain turning his attention to the sin, he let it control him and sinned even more. But the standard was first. And because God rejected him, instead of him actually allowing, allowing the, uh, the God was speaking to him, like, you can be accepted too. Instead of him listening to the voice of God and looking at his mistake and dealing with that, he took his attention and, dealt, and, and killed his brother. All because he was jealous of his brother because his brother did what he was supposed to do. The standard is first. Let me continue to establish it. I got to understand y'all. It demands me first. Exodus 20. Watch this. Exodus 20, chapter 1 through 6. Verse 1 through 6. Then God gave all the people these instructions. I'm the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any God before me. Verse 4. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind. I'm going to stop there. The standard is first. He's not doing second. He's not doing share. He's not doing part-time. You must not have any other gods before me. And some of y'all, let me break that down for you. That don't mean you, you out here worshiping whatever. They, money, likes, and share. Some of us worship likes. 
we will have a, as much cleavage we can show if they get us extra 50. Oh, I'm not. Them shirts ain't got to be them tight, homie. But you know when you make that your profile picture, it got a lot more comments. And we'll do stuff just for attention because we, we, we've allowed it to become first in our minds. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, amplified. Trust in the Lord and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own sight or understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverence and awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be healthy to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, and all your inner parts. And refreshment, and refreshment physical being to your bones. Watch verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. I'm just trying to tell y'all, I'm trying to give y'all a standard. Because if I don't give y'all the biblical standard, I cannot get us to come up to level up to this notch. The standard is first. God don't want your after, after, listen. The standard is a tenth of the first fruit. If you make $1,000 on your check and you bring home 800 and you tithe 80, you did not give him a tenth of the first fruit. You gave him a tenth of after Uncle Sam got the first fruits. We just gave Uncle Sam what his first, and then gave God a piece of the leftover. Let me break it down to you. It's the difference between tithing off your gross and your net. And some of us think we've been obedient. Let me let me let me leave it alone. We think we've been obedient, and we have not been obedient. We've given God a tenth of the leftover after Uncle Sam got his. Your tithe hundred dollars. Now, this is the thing. You don't have to do it. That's between you and God. That's your relationship. But he tells him, Malachi, well, try me in this. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other one, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I love the way it says in the message version. Adoration for one feeds contempt for the other one. If money sits on the throne of our heart, if that's all we care about, it will be, it will, it will have an automatic content. It will build an automatic content. That's why it could be the most loving, giving, generous church. All they want is our money. Y'all will, we will make up an excuse not to give our money. Because we like our money so much, it will automatically breed content for the church. Because we know what God requires. And a lot of us know better, but because we don't want to do better, we allow our love for money to breed natural content for the church. Apologies again because unfortunately a lot of the church have did. They have been embarrassing with how they make storage of y'all money. They have went and bought jets and, and yachts and dumb stuff with y'all money. What I love about Words Way, if you want to see the books, I would throw our week Bank of America up there for you really quick. No, let me watch my words. We are rich. We are a million-dollar church. Let me speak life. Thank y'all for the people who got my back. I will show you real quick every dollar what we do with it. Half of it goes to y'all food and them donuts in the back. Aaron. Like, I will show you real quick what happens with the money. Because that's a game we cannot play with anymore. Paul was telling Timothy, he said, don't fall into the money trap. He says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And in the context, he's telling Timothy, don't switch your doctrine and preach different for the love of money. Because many people in the pulpit do that. They preach these fluffy lessons and have all this fluffy stuff. And they go throw money on the stage at the altar. He says, Timothy, don't do that, my young pupil. Don't do that. He says, keep your lesson and your motives pure. Because that love that we have for money is the root of all kinds of evil. Watch what he says in Matthew chapter 25. I just, I can't read this all. 
Let's jump down to 32. For all are these things that Gentiles seek, for your heavenly fathers know what you need. But seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The standard is first. And unless I show you the scripture for yourself, you won't realize the standard is first. I'm sorry, y'all got to come for us today. We're not offering him first. He's getting leftover. And he's not happy. And we walk around thinking we, we thinking we it. A lot of us, this is us. I stole this off your desk cam. I promise I'll put it back. A lot of us, this would be us. A little bit of faith, a little bit of obedience. We got our, we put our life in our pocket. We get to control it. And we're okay with this. And then some of us, this is us. We got a little bit more faith. We come to church a couple times a month. I'm saying we got a little bit bigger faith, but we got we control our life. God say do something, and depending on what we feel like for the day, maybe we may come to church, even though we know we should. Maybe like we got a little bit more faith. I mean, and a lot of people look at our life and say she's better, and a lot of us settle here because we we better than most. But we got full control of our life. God has no control whatsoever. We do what we want to, how we want to, when we want to, and we dab, we sprinkle Jesus on our timeline. We share all of T.D. Jake's quotes, and we think we did our job. And then this is most of us. This is most of us. Oh, we come to church. We tithe. I mean, the pastor caught, we there. And, this, and then and Jesus said, I demand first, and, and this is how we be. Can I, can I, can I preach? Okay. This is how we be. Our life look crack. It's engine roaring. We turn our music on. Our music on people look at our life and think we got it. And then God said, I need you to go love your neighbor. Huh, Lord? But you just posted about how the scripture, but, um, uh, oh, Lord, we just, we, we move around, this this be us. We, we, we look cute in front of the church people, and we come to church, and we just mosey our way through life, just driving. And everybody think we're dope. But you know how goofy I look right now? And, and heaven looking at us like you look goofy. But we walk around, we got all the right posts. We got all the right stuff we say. We do all the right things. We speak in tongues. We got it all. But when it's time to get outside of ourselves, and God says, I know you tired, but I need sacrificial giving. We... But that's, that's how our life be. We think we're moving and we think we're doing something. And everybody applauds us. Look at how they preach Sunday. And really behind closed doors, you're trash. Really behind closed doors, you gossip about everybody. But the church think you got it going because you're better than him and you for sure better than her. So because you don't be in the club every weekend, you must got it right. And what it is, what I noticed, I almost fell out of there. Y'all would have been viral. <laughs> what it is, we be the Christians with the backup plan. Because even with this big life that look like Christ is all in it, we always got a plan B. See, this can control it. 
This can control this. I can just move it all around with this. And in the back of our minds, we really still got our own lives. We still can ultimately control everything we do and don't do. We'll submit to the pastor until he says something we don't like. We'll submit to the word until they cut us in an area we don't want to stop in. And we're good all the way up until, and these are the people God hates. These are what he called the lukewarm people. He said, I can tolerate you just being that. I can tolerate you just saying, I don't want to go. I'm a sinner. I'm going to do me. He said, that I can tolerate. But what I cannot tolerate, what makes me sick, is these ones who really haven't gave me their full life, but they want everybody to think that they did. These are the people who always got a word for you, who always got a prayer for you, but when your light bill is due, they can't help. I'll pray for you, though, sister. Come on, let's reach heaven. Give them a check. Oh, I can see if I can get you a ride. Pick them up. He don't like these. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'll spit you out of my mouth. And when you translate that word, it's like, uh, you make me sick. He hates these. This is God's design. Give me that. That video. This is God's design where it's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be where he pulls up in the limo. And we're supposed to come out. Now, what do you do in the limo? You get in the back. You ride. Sometimes you don't even know where you're going. You don't know where the left and rights are turning. And the thing about the limo, she looked happy. The life was designed for us to be happy. He said, cast your cares upon me. We wasn't supposed to be tripping, but we be tripping in the back of the limo. Like, let me out. Give me my Jeep back. I want to control my life. I don't like the way it's going. I'm talking to me. I don't want to preach and pastor. I'll post about it, but I ain't getting up there. The people be looking at you like you're crazy. I wanted to stay here. This is comfortable. Everybody think your marriage is the bomb. But the minute y'all get in the car, y'all don't even like each other. Everybody think you're doing good. Can I preach today? Everybody think you got it going. He said there was a sign for you to get in the back and let me get in the driver's seat and I will direct your paths. But we don't want to get in the back because it takes faith to get in the back. Are you sh- you better be quiet. I think I didn't broke it. I didn't sit in there and broke the whole electronics. The design was for you to sit in the back and, and, and let God order your steps. What happens when he is not first? Actually, let me throw this question at you real quick. Let me throw this question at you. What are the areas of your life where God is not first? Where you follow the beat of your own drum? And I, gotta, I, I give us a question every week because I need us to be accountable. I need to give us a question that we can leave here and not say, that was great. And then come back the next and go Monday, broken as a mug. I want to give us something that stick to our ribs. What is the areas of your life where you beat to your own drum? And you can think, you know, don't say it out loud, but you can think to yourself, I know I don't give God that. And I, I know I don't. And I'm kind of, my life, my movie, what are the areas you know you need to be submitting to God? Scenario one, what happens when he is not first? I got two scenarios, when he is first and when he ain't first. First scenario, we're going to talk about what happens when he is not first. What happens when he is not first? So I got scenario one, category one. What happens when he is not first in your life? Watch this, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Actually, I need some help. Sister Kenya, I need some help. Can you help me? I, I, I need my, I, I like her to read for me sometimes. Matthew chapter 19, can you just start in verse 16 for me and just just go? 
Someone came to 1916, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Someone came to Jesus with his question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep uh -huh. the commandments. Uh -huh. Which one, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Uh -huh. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh -huh. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The, di the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world uh -oh. can be saved, they asked. Yeah, right. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. You can stop there. The rich young ruler came up to Jesus. I love it because he was stunting. He ran out when Jesus was in the crowd like, what must you do? And he asked that question because he knew that he had been keeping all the religious stuff. And Jesus said, he spit out there, he's like, I've done all these things. Jesus knew what he was going to say. He said, cool. Well, go sell all your money and come follow me. The rich young ruler walks away sad. The Bible said because he had many possessions. And it dawned on me, when God is not first, you don't have money. Money has you. Do you know the miracles that took place in the Bible after that, that, this chapter? And he aborted all the supernatural that God invited him and Jesus invited him to come follow me, come be with my crew. It should have been 13 disciples. He would have been part of the Bible to be known. But all we remember him as, as a rich little greedy man who had money, but had, had religion and money, and he didn't want God because he wanted his money and his religion. And this is what we see when he's not first in our life, that we can have money, but it has us. We don't have it. And when money say move, we will, sit, we will reject Christ. We will reject supernatural in our life because we like our money. Because our savings account is, is nice. He chose his 401ks and his savings and all his stuff over Christ. And if we be honest, we've done that. We've chose the bag over him. And we justified it because we're like, well, we need to pay the bills, God. And so we justified it. Well, God, I have to like, right? And we ignored the command of God. Category two, what happens when he's not first in the church? Scenario one, category one, when he's not first in your life. Category two, when he's not first in the church. Watch this. I need you one more time, Minister Kenya. Kenya, jump over to Matthew chapter 21 for me. Matthew chapter 21 for me. Verse 12. Just when he's not first in the church, that's what we see. Verse 12, go. 21, 12, go. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house, house of, of prayer, prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Uh -huh. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Now wait for just a hot second. It dawned on me. The problem wasn't not with them selling stuff. It said you created, you made it into a den of thieves. 
they were robbing the people. People had to come to do their offering, because back then when they didn't have Jesus Christ, so they had to come bring a, a clean animal. And they would come outside at, in the temple, and that dove, they know that dove was worth $3. Give me 300 for it. And because they had no other way to get it, because they knew they needed their sins forgiven, where else are you going to get it? It's kind of how they get us at the airport. They lock us into the security area, so we can't go get the stuff from the price shopper. So we got to pay $7.95 for our life water. They, get, they had the people in the temple and it's like just hustling them and hustling them. And when God is not first in the church, this is what we see. The people are not tithing, they're getting hustled. I'm sorry, I don't want y'all watch. I don't need to buy me a Movado. Cap or no cap, I do not care. Y'all don't have to do that for me. Because we will not turn this house into a place where I'm sitting here playing, playing games to get your money. That means it's a clear evidence that God is not first. Now watch what the religious leaders and the pastors and bishops and preachers do. Go. Verse 15. <clears throat> the leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children of the temple shouting, mm -hmm. praise God for the son of David. But the lead leaders were indignant. They mm -hmm. asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Jump down, jump down, jump down to 30, 23. Now, hold up. Indignant means they were angry. They were mad. Now, watch this. Catch this picture. Jesus finally comes into his, the place where he's supposed to be getting worshipped. And they're in there hustling people. Hustling people. They turned it into a market. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. It's supposed to be a house of worship. It's supposed to be where people go, go there to get free from getting hustled. And they're hustling people right in the church. So he kicks them out. And the religious rulers get indignant. They get mad because he's healing people. He's actually using the church for what it's supposed to be for. He's healing people. And they're starting to see the move of the power of God. And now they're mad. They're mad because he cooked out your hustle and brought in righteousness and brought in holiness. And too often in the church today, I can tell you stories, and I can tell you stories about when I started this church, and I said it will be built on holiness, how the people who had comfortability and set up curbed me. We was getting kicked out of places. I can't make this up. Because people was comfortable in their religion and didn't want to change and honor God. And when they got close to somebody that was real and had to look in the mirror, they said, they gotta, we got to get away from them. No way. And that's what the same thing we see in the Old Testament. This is nothing new. Where pastors and bishops was corrupt, this is nothing new. This has been happening for a long time. Well, they're using the church as their, as, as, their, as their personal piggy bank and their personal platform. Keep going, keep going, keep going. When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? Crazy, huh? Now watch this, watch this. I'll tell you by what wait, authority wait, 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 I quick, do. Wait, 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 we, we, got, we, got, we got to skip some stuff. We ain't got that much time. Now they got a nerve to approach him and check him. By what authority are you doing this? And we ain't got time to explain the rest of it. I need you to jump down to 33. And I need you to read this real quick, and then we're going to move on. Because he gives a parable. Matter of fact, I don't have time to read it. He gives a parable. And he says, what a, a planter, a, a vineyard owner plants a vineyard. And he plants it, then he leases it out to people to take care of it. And all he says is, give me my piece. When the grapes come up, I want my piece of the pie. I want my cut. So he sends his servants out there. And his servants say, hey, it's grape harvest time. But the people who's leasing the property say, kill him. We ain't paying nothing. 
So the, so the landowner says, okay, let me send some more. They send some more people. And the people that's leasing killed them too. So then the landowner like, okay, if I send my son, they will for surely not kill him. So he sends the son. And they see the son and the, land, and the, the tenants say, ooh, if we kill the son, that's the heir to this. If we kill him, we can take it for ourselves. So they kill the son. And Jesus said, now, this story pretty much is about y'all. I've sent, I, sent, I sent Moses before me. I've sent John the Baptist before me. Y'all killed them, and y'all going to kill me too so y'all can lay claim to the church for yourselves. See, y'all don't want to honor me. And all I say is give me my peace. Y'all can run it. When I come, give me what I was due to me. Y'all can get on the Bible app and look at the rest of this later. And look at the rest of the notes later. He says, give me what's due to me when it's my time. I've already blessed you with the rest of the vineyard. Just give me my little piece. And when it was time, when time came, they didn't want to pay up. Because they said, we killed the heir. That means when the father died, we got it all. And that's what we did in our churches. When God is now first, what we see, the answer to it, what are the answers to the answer that we see, the results of when God is now first, is idols are created in our, in our lives and in the churches. And our lives become perverted with our own desires and God is exterminated. Let me read it to you again. The results are, in this scenario, when he is not first in your life, when he is not first in the church, idols are created. And our lives and churches become perverted with our own desires and God is exterminated. He cannot be where he is not first. And we literally have exterminated God out of our churches, exterminated him out of our lives because he demands first. But we don't want to give up control. So let's look at the last one. What happens when he is first? I say the best for y'all at last, y'all. I ain't going to leave y'all with needles in y'all side. What happens when he is first? Well, category one, what happens when, what happens when he's first in your life? Let's go to Kings chapter 3. Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. It's going to be up there some ago. Verse 5. That night the Lord appealed to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Now that's pretty dope. When God comes down and he like, just whatever you want. That's how much favor I have on your family. That's David's boy. What did just name it? What do you want? And watch what Solomon did. He said, Solomon replied, verse 6, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, this is what I, I, I got out of this. What you example to your sons matter. It's going to be either be generational strongholds or generational blessing. And because David, uh, Solomon had watched his daddy honor God all these years. So when his daddy was, it was time for him to be king, he said, just give me what daddy had. I watched my daddy honor you, and you made him, you, you gave him a kingdom, you, was, you kept promises to him, you, gave, you, 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 you put glory on his name, you gave him riches, you gave him everything, so just give me the wisdom, just make me like daddy. Give me the wisdom to lead your people. It matters fathers, what we do in front of our kids. Because they're going to go up and say, I want to be just like daddy. And some of us mothers, stop saying that to your kids, you're going to be just like your daddy. Even though, unfortunately, possibly that he will. Stop speaking that over them, though. Because, unfortunately, I got to give you mother some love. Y'all had to stand in mama and daddy. And y'all had to do things y'all wasn't designed to do. But it's okay. Keep speaking life into your babies, especially them boys. Especially them boys. Listen, he's going to have to grow up and have his own family one day. And what you don't want is for that thing to go down on his children. It matters, fathers, what we do. Because Solomon is pretty much saying, make me like you did for daddy. 
I want to be like you did for daddy. Watch this in verse 7. Now, oh, Lord, my God, you have made me the king instead of my father David. But I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your, your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous that cannot be counted. Give me understanding. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well. And you know the difference between, and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern a great people of yours? He said, give me wisdom to please you and how I lead your people. He could have asked for anything, and God was going to give it to him. But he said, just give me the wisdom to lead your people. I see what you did for daddy. Like, I, want, I don't want to disappoint you. And this is how you know that, because he says right here, this great people of yours. It ain't my people. It ain't my kingdom. Please just give me the wisdom to lead right. I want to honor you like daddy did. I want the same thing daddy had. Verse 10, watch this. This is what happens when he first in your life. The Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or debt or death of your enemies. He said, you ain't asked to take out your enemies. You ain't asked me to make you rich. You ain't asked me to make you live long and healthy. He said, since you didn't ask for them things, I will give you what you asked for. First, I'm going to give you your request. But since I'm exceedingly abundantly, above all you can ask or think, and you please me. The Bible says in Proverbs, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. In other words, when we please God, he will. He wants you balling out. He wants you looking good. He wants you out here representing him well. I want my wife putting up looking good. She represents me. I want my kids not going, none of us send y'all kids to first day of school like a bum. Y'all know them babies represent you. So you're going to have them fly, you're going to have them dipped. And a lot of times, they don't even want the Jordans. You wanted them to have the Jordans. But they represent us. He said, I want you looking for And since you honor me, let me see. He says, you didn't ask for long life or nothing. I will give you, he said, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise have understanding such as no one else has ever, or ever had or will ever have. He said, nobody in the world in history or in the future will ever be as wise as you. He says, but on top of that, and I will also give you what you didn't ask for. It's what happened when you first in your life. When you put him as first, he says, riches and fame. He said, I'm, a, I'm, a have, I'm giving you a bag and followers. They're going to be subscribing to you like crazy. I'm not making this up. The Bible says people will come to Solomon, just throw gold at his feet just to listen to him talk. He said, since your heart is right and you place me in the first position, watch this. I'm going to give you riches and fame. No other king in the world will be compared to you, to you for the rest of your life. He said, oh, you're going to be that guy. Since you put me in the first position and you put me in the right position, now I can really be a blessing to you. And sometimes what we do, God said, give me my 10, give me the 10, I'll bless your 90. And we're like, this is my 10, this is my 100. He says, dang, I can't even get, I can't, but watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this. The issue wasn't with money. The issue is not with us having money. It's that it takes first position in our lives. Watch this, Malachi, I got to give you this. Malachi, I, I want to do this in the message version. Malachi chapter 3. Now, y'all know this way, will a man rob God? We've heard it our whole life. But watch this in the message version. Verse 6. I am God. This is what happens when we put him first. I am God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. And because I haven't changed you, your descendants, uh, because I haven't changed you, the descendants of Jacob, haven't been destroyed. He said, you're riding on grace already. You have a long history of ignoring my commands. Even though y'all be ignoring me, living any way you want to, you still haven't been destroyed because I have a calling on your life. He says, he says, because the descendants of Jacob, that's what I'm saying, parents, what we do matter. Oh, I know I rolled my daddy. I know my daddy is. My, I know my mom and daddy prayers on many nights I made it home and it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because my SKS sitting in the front seat. 
is because somebody was praying. And this is the thing. He says, because you're descendants of Jacob, I'm going to give you, I already got favor and haven't destroyed you even though you've been out of my will. And some of us, God has preserved us because your mama and daddy prayed. It has nothing to do with you. It is the grace of God on your life. Watch this. He says, you haven't done a thing I've told you. He says, return to me so I can return to you, says God of, of the angel armies. You ask me, but how can we return? Begin by being honest. He said, let's be, let's keep, KLT version, Calvin Living Translation, let's keep it a bill. He said, let's just keep it a bill first. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? And we be knowing better we'll play stupid. Like when we catch our kids doing something, what you doing, huh? I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. You, I see the sugar on your face, the chocolate, I see it. Huh? I ain't did nothing. That's, that's what they were doing. How have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. The tithe and the offering. And what we do, we give our 10%, like, my job is done. He said, you robbing me of the tithe. Watch this. He says, that's how. And now you're under a curse. And some of y'all don't know why every time you save, it's like somebody just cut a hole in your pocket. He says, you're under a curse. Since you haven't put me first, you're under a curse. But he says, watch this. This is what happened when you put him first. The whole lie you because you're robbing me. Bring the full tithe into the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this. This is the only time in the Bible we say test my gangster. See if I ain't about what I say I'm about. He says, test me in this. Test me. So we can pull God's car and, and get, get faithful. And like, okay, you said test me. Well, we're going to see today. We're going to see today. You can actually come at him like this. He challenges you to. He says, test me in this. And see if I don't open up the windows of heaven. See if I don't open up heaven itself to pour you out a blessing beyond your wildest dreams. For, now, this is what gets me. Let me finish here. He says, for my part, I will defend you against martyrs, protect you, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunders, the message of God of, of the angel armies. You will be voted happiest nation. That's why a lot of y'all people look at us like so blessed and they always winning. They just so blessed. Now they got a new car and y'all. I bet you because they I bet you they're honoring God. He says that I'll make sure they look at you and say, dang, she's so blessed. Why is she always getting a promotion? Why he always got the new whip? He because uh, he honors God. Watch this. He says, you experience what it's like to be called a country of gays. And it dawned on me when I was reading this in verse 9. It's a difference here. See, it's not about money. He says, I have, in heaven, I got, he I got heaven-type money. Yeah, I got earth-like money. We trying to put gold around our necks. He said, my streets are paved with it. See, we keep thinking God want our money, and this is the problem in church. He doesn't want your money. When I first started this church, I would always tell people, you don't want your money. Keep your little dollars if you like. like." And I still mean that. If you don't have a problem, keep your money. God don't want your money. Listen to what the text is saying. He said, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. You won't have room to see. I got though. He said, I got it. What I'm trying to do and what you're robbing me of is an opportunity to give it to you. He said, Test me, and if I will not open the windows of heaven and blow out part of blessing, pass your wildest dreams. What we're robbing him of is an opportunity to be first in our life. Now, this is what I like about it. God gave me a little revelation here. If you look at this verse, he says, and for my part, I will do this. I will protect and rebuke the devourer, the other version said the new King James. He says, first you will get access to heavenly resources. I'm going to open the windows of heaven. He said, but that's not all I'm going to do. See, when you put me first, you can, have, you can have access to windows of heaven. Lord, I got a problem, boom. I've honored you, boom. But he said, it's something else. As for my part, he said, I won't stop there. 
you will get heavens and you will get me. You will get to tap into heaven and you will get me working for you. He said, I'm going to go to work for you. Watch what he says. As for my part, I will defend you against your martyrs, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against the plunders. He said, I'm not just going to bless you. I'm going to make sure nobody eat it up. The locusts won't be able to touch you. He says, while everybody else get in the bag, and as they get the bag, their car catching on fire, and they got to buy a new car. And this happened, and this happened. He said, no, not you. He said, because you honor me in this place, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. You're going to get access to heaven, and you're going to get access to me. And when we put God first in our lives, we get access to heaven, and we get access to him. Because the thing is not about our money. The whole teaching is about he wants us to have him. And what God don't create, and we being parents, we, our feelings be hurt when our kids don't want us. When they don't want to hang with us, when they don't want to watch a movie, I ain't going to lie, bro. Cameron get to the age where, and you better, he better than his older brother. His older brother is the worst one. We used to watch every Marvel movie together. It was our thing. It was like, it was a Batman, or not Batman, like Spider-Man, something come out. I'll get a text from KJ, Daddy, we going, you know it. Like, that was our thing. That was our tradition. And then he came like 17. And all of a sudden, he got car keys. He didn't want to go with me no more. <laughs> or when he went, he was sitting like over there like, I'm good at. We went to, um, what's that place with all the games and stuff? And the main, not the other one, Dave and Buster's. I'm like, Tom with the kids, family Tom. He got his car, like, see you, and dipped off. I'm like, but you don't want to hang with me? I left Cameron like, move, I'm going to go with him, I'm going to be with my son. Like, I knew he was about to go to college in a year or two. It got to a point where he didn't want to be around daddy as much no more. He had his own friends. And it hurts our feelings when our kids do that to us, and that's how we do God. We start getting big, our breaches get bigger. We start doing all right. And we don't want him as much no more. We realize we cool. And he said, no, 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 don't rob me of that. I need to be in your life, and I got way more. I'm trying to bless you past your wildest dreams. That means things that you cannot think of I want to give you, but I can't give it to you until you obey. This is not name and claim it. It's covenant obeying. God has over 6,000 covenants and promises in the Bible. I will be if you be, but we never be so he can be. So we are land for name and claim it. Just claim it. We be claiming it for 40 years. When he said, no, 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 get in my covenant and get in line with the covenant and obey it, and then I will do. He says, test me in this. And this is what happens when he's first in our life. We get blessed by our wildest dreams. What happens when he's first in the church? This is a quick one. I'm closing here. I'm closing here. I'm closing here. Scenario two, category two. Watch this. When God is first in our church, this is what happens. Three verses. Four verses. Five verses. I didn't lie three times. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I'm going to just read this. Watch what happens in Acts. Now, when he's first in our personal lives, we see what happens. This is what happens when he's first in the church. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. They devoted themselves to it. When you devote yourself to something, what does that mean? He's first. So they put him first in their first position. Watch what happens. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostle performed many miracle signs and wonders. God said, I'm all, I'm starting. Miracles start popping out everywhere. People getting healed. People getting free. People getting cars and houses and provision because they made him first. They devoted themselves to him. Watch this. What I like about this, I got to point out, a deep sense of awe came over them. That's called happiness and joy. 
Imagine getting up every day like, like that's a different kind of lifestyle. Most time we get up like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to work. That's not awe in deep sense of awe. That's like, I don't want to do, I hate this life, but I got to go get the bag. He says, a deep sense of awe. He says, verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. When he's first, then you will have no problem giving. You will have no problem helping anybody when he's first. Watch this. They said, verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. Watch what happens. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Great joy and generosity. When he's first, you, you have, listen, I ain't never, listen, I, I, this, this happened in the back half of my life when I had joy to, to serve. You should just do it because you're supposed to. It said they had great joy in, in generosity. They had joy and they was happy to help people. They happy to be a part of the community and help their people. This is what happens when he first. What happens is ultimately we get rid of ourselves. Love is you go down so somebody else can come up. Husbands, get this with me. When you go down so she can come up. We ain't got time for that. I'm going to hit y'all next week. I got more for us husbands. And while I'm getting y'all too, the week after. Love is us go down so she can come up. So that means the choices we make or choices we make so she, and that means we got to go down. Jesus went down so we can come up. Anytime you got to sacrifice yourself so somebody else can put the smile on their face, that's I'm, you're moving in love. They moved in love. And watch what happened in verse 47, our last verse. And all, they did this all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. When God is first, all you're trying to do is worry about your people. You serve at church. You love your sister. You're doing all this because this is what's most important to you because this is what God commanded them to do. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So what's the answer to this scenario? When God is first, it's abundance and growth. When he's first in your life and he's first in the church, it's automatic abundance and growth. And what he's asking for, if you put me first, first it will be an automatic abundance and growth. Automatic. But until you put me there, I can't. Sometimes I'll show you grace and show up for you, but that's not my perfect will for you. I'm trying to get you to. I want to end with this story, and we, don't, we ain't going to do all the coffee. I need prayer. Grab your brother and sister. Hit the corner. Y'all want more prayer. Um, the heart of this house. God has gave me a crazy vision. When my dad started this church, I, I never knew. And when I, my pastor was talking to me, he was sharing stuff to me I didn't even remember about when my dad was alive and things he told him in private. He said, the only reason why I'm excited to do this with you, and I'm excited to oversight child and pastor you, I'm excited because you don't remember this, but your dad used to tell me all kind of stuff about you. He said, always used to tell me, you gonna be, he's the one, that's the one. That's the one. Now, he's telling him this while I'm in college acting a pure fool. Oh, yeah, it took some faith to believe that. Come on, testify, mama. And he said, I'm excited to do this because God already showed me what he's going to do. And as I start to put this vision on paper, I put the vision on paper. I wasn't going to post it, but sometimes God watches you show the vision to me. He says, 
All I want you to do is love the people and give them my word. I don't have the power to change y'all, but if I give you enough of this, my, my job and my gift is just to give it to you and make it look cool and fun. But that has the power to come in you and reconstruct you. And he said, I need you to give him my, he said, give me the same energy you gave the streets, the same energy you gave the frat, the same energy you gave chasing chicks. I need that same effort, but I need it for me. And this vision, this is not the vision. This is cool, cute, great paint, nice wall. But this is not what God showed me. It was a place where all of us felt comfortable in the presence of God. All of us could serve and love each other. It was different. I'm like, God, you don't want me to do this. I ain't that special. Give it to somebody else. Do you know who I am? He said, I know exactly who you are. And I struggled at first because I kept trying to be in my father's shoes. If anybody know Kevin L. Vernon Sr., that was a bad boy. He could sing. He could preach. He was funny. He was fun to be around. He was loving. It was almost like an aura was around him when he came in the room. He could come in and change any atmosphere. I'm like, God, that ain't me. I ain't like that. He said, I don't want you to be. He said, well, I'm going to have you doing this different with what daddy did. And he kept showing me this vision. And I was writing it down, making it plain so we could run with it. And he said, that's what I need you to do with this ministry. He said, make sure it's free for, make sure everybody feel good and welcome there. Because that's who I am. Everybody is invited for me. Everybody is welcome where I am. That's all I need to tell you out today. He loves you. This is my favorite part of the service. This is my favorite part of the service. I'm sorry I cannot end the service. I can't end it any other way. I, this is what God called. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a soul junkie. If you never confess Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, if you've been living differently, then you know you should. You're like, I got to rededicate myself. The Bible says make your calling and election sure. KLT version, make sure you good. Get used to Calvin Living Translation. I use it a lot. Make sure you're good. Because when the, when the sky crack, it won't be a game no more. Everybody out there that's kicking it, it won't be funny no more. When that rapture happened and he grabs his church, it won't be funny anymore. Everybody on Love and Hip Hop acting a fool, it won't be funny no more. BBLs and all that won't help you then. Is that how you say it? If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, like, I got to do it. I need y'all just please just listen to Pastor. Close by your heads. Please shut your eyes. It's a private moment. I don't want nobody distracted by us. We got to hear in just two minutes. I got it. I got I have to. If you never, if you never cut the cameras, this is private. I don't. This is between God and, this, and these individuals right now and me, pastor. Everybody else just be praying. If you never gave your life to Jesus Christ and confessed him to be your Lord and Savior today, just slip your hand in the air. 